All right. Housing has been, I mean, it's, it's one of these topics that's just been uh, in the news cycle for a while now because it's not getting any better. In fact, it, there's all kinds of examples indicating that it might, in fact, be getting worse. Well, today, um, it was the lead question when conserv- uh, liberal uh, MPs emerged from their cabinet retreat to talk to um, reporters, and I'll get into some of the comments from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau because there's a bunch. He's got all kinds of different angles in terms of um, who's responsible and if he's responsible and all the rest. But one of the talking points that's come up quite a bit recently is international students. Now, we've got um, next week, probably somewhere next week, the week after, somewhere around there, we're going to have students heading back to campus and heading back to school and all the rest. And we've already talked to, you know, the U of C and we've talked to the U of A about the shortages that they're facing in student housing in our province. Last year, believe it or not, international student visas in Canada hit more than half a million. I think it was about 575,000 international students last year. 75% more than just five years ago. A 75% increase in five years. I saw a news report last night saying it's in the neighborhood of 800,000 international students coming to Canada this year. Now you can tell where we're going here. 800,000 people, they need housing, right? So that's part of this conversation. And yesterday at the cabinet retreat, there was questions put to the housing minister saying, hey, this is part of your problem right? Almost a million people that need housing. Maybe we need a cap on international students coming to Canada to try and ease the housing crunch. Prime Minister was talked about that and said, no, it's not that simple. At one point, it was uh, foreign home buyers. Uh, At another point, it was uh, developers uh, being uh, super aggressive. Uh, Another point, it was underinvestments by various orders of government. Another point, now it's uh, people saying, oh, it's international students. Yes, there's lots of different factors that go into this housing crisis. Yeah, there are. And one of them is international students. Um, we'll get into some more of the comments from the prime minister uh, in just a minute. First, though, let's deal with the international student situation and how that, I mean, it's not, it's not good for them either, right? If you're coming from halfway around the world to study, you've been invited and you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars to come and study in Canada. And you can't find a place to live. It's not good for them either. So there's some serious issues for all parties. So let's get into a bit. We are going to um, speak with Matthias Salmasi, who is the Director of Ad- Advocacy for the Canadian Alliance of Students Associations. Um, Matthias, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Um, what are you hearing from your association? I mean, you're in touch with different associations. What are you hearing from international students about the struggles they may be facing as they try and find housing in Canada? I mean, as you said earlier, it's only getting worse. Um, we're hearing more and more accounts of students who are literally going homeless. Um, just recently, I, I heard of a story in, in Calgary of 20 students living in one house, uh, one kitchen, two washrooms, uh, that's unconscionable. And then, you know, we're hearing, uh, and, and this has been the case for a while, there are, when you have international students who are trying to rent for the first time in Canada, um, landlords will ask uh, for six months to even a year's worth of rent up front um, and will attribute it to a lack of Canadian credits or uh, rental history. Um, oftentimes that's illegal, but the fact of the matter is international students are either targeted for unsafe housing in disrepair and, and they're overly crammed, or they just can't find the housing that they need. So they're pushed out of the housing market. Pushed out of the housing market, where do they go? Do they go home? Do they end up living? Uh, what what happens? 
in some cases, uh, international students have to give up and go home, um, which is a major tragedy. Uh, I mean, they've made so many sacrifices to come to Canada. And if you've put in all this work, you know, you've gotten Canadian work experience, you, uh, you know, have, have gotten Canadian education and you're, you're, you're gunning for that diploma and you have to pack up and go home. That's a major loss. That's sure. also a major loss when we're trying to bring international students here to fill certain labor shortages, like uh, when the minister himself says that one of the biggest barriers to building housing in Canada in order to fix the housing crisis is a lack of labor yeah. in construction. And 18% of international students work in construction. Really? Yes. Okay, that that's interesting. I didn't re- I didn't realize that was part of the equation here. But you're right. That makes a lot of sense in terms of alleviating alleviating some of the problems that we have. And you know, let's not forget. A lot of this boils down to dollars and cents, right? International students pay a tremendous amount of money. When you break it down, relatively speaking, compared with uh, a Canadian kid, what do they pay in terms of cost for their education? Across Canada, I would say that there is an average of double, but at most, in many, many institutions, you can, you can see international students paying anywhere between three to five times what a domestic student, uh, is paying. So that could be, we're talking in the tens of thousands, 20, 30, 40 grand a year. And many times international students are making huge sacrifices in order to pay that, that bill at the end of the year. Many international students uh, you know, there's this kind of myth that international students are rich. No, they work really hard. Um, we have international students who are going above and beyond it, working hard to get those scholarships and working uh, in in uh, jobs to make ends meet. And, you know, I mean, you can't overlook the fact that what we've got here is a situation where we have thrown the doors open to a lot of international students and the schools really, really want it because it is a massive revenue generator for them. There's no question. But at the same time, it seems like, okay, you're, you're asking for all this money and providing the education, but at the same time, we don't have housing available. I mean, some of this is incumbent on the schools too, isn't it? Yeah, so we, we, what we want to do is make sure that uh, both government and institutions have a role to play. Um, we, you know, we want to make sure that we're pointing students towards the, an open door of a rental unit and not a, a closed door to the to the country. You know, and that's why we're calling on uh, a twelve billion dollar investment in new uh, student oriented housing supply. That twelve billion dollars is investment from institutions. And also the government. We're calling on the federal government to invest over three billion dollars in student housing. Um, that's needed if we're going to alleviate the uh, alleviate the pressures that students are seeing in terms of housing. But the reality is, you know, you're right. International students are treated as cash cows. Yeah. But should we also start treating them as scapegoats for the housing crisis? We don't think so. Fair enough. Um, government has said they're looking at um, a, the, the prime minister saying this morning he doesn't think that, uh, you know, it's it's right to be pointing the finger at international students. But the housing minister yesterday did say this is something that they do need to look at. And they're talking about changing possibly the approval process, maybe even a cap or a reduction. Who knows how far they might go? Do you think that's something we need to look at right now, given the fact that we have international students that can't find a place to live? Honestly, we, we think that's uh, incredibly short-sighted. As I mentioned earlier, the reality is that international students play a significant role in the equation to getting us to building enough housing for everybody. You know, the government wants to, to talk about uh, supply, or wants to talk about demand, but we want to talk about that supply. If that many international students are working in the construction industry, then and, and there's still a shortage, 
many more international students in the trades and elsewhere can contribute to that. We also, also when it comes to uh, assessing that it's international students who are responsible for this, the fact of the matter is that in our Living in the Red report that we've just released, uh, we, we show that the government has huge data gaps. They actually don't include student households in rental market data. You can't make a major decision like this without having that data. So we're calling on the government to also uh, fill the gap when it comes to data collection. Yeah, exactly. That that seems to be a, a problem that we have in a lot of different areas. But you're right. Once you've got that, then you've got a better of idea of where the problem is, where the pressure points are, and how to go about solving it. You need that information to get started. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Matthias, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you being here today. Good stuff.